computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, aka Cranges Make Basketball. And Tim, we just watched the Milwaukee Bucks take home the NBA championship, defeating the Phoenix Suns in six games. Um you know, I watched most of the games, you know, a lot of them at work, but I was I was watching. And uh, I fortunately, in case my drum and bet doesn't pay off with you, I won about a hundred dollars from random people at the bar, my fellow bartenders, people who were mad that I was so confident the Bucks would win, even when they were down 0-2, that I I won my insurance money, Tim, just in case Andre Drummond leaves. Uh so I, I, I was on the Bucks all along, but I don't know. We don't have to, you know, break this down like we would if it were the Lakers. But what were your thoughts on kind of how the finals played out? Yeah, I going into it, I actually I liked Phoenix's chances just from what we knew about Milwaukee's coaching staff and the limitations or the previous limitations there. Uh, but we and in you know first game or two, I was like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> like this is kind of what I was expecting. But Milwaukee made the adjustments. They had guys step up. They, I mean, they didn't even really hit a bunch of their threes uh, later in the series. But um, I mean, just dominance, dominance in the ways that you'd expect. Dominance with Giannis being just an MVP caliber dude, and Middleton being legit, and I, I just. It was really cool to see them because they're a team I've liked and I've enjoyed and I've rooted for. And just every year in the playoffs, I've been just kind of like having to hold myself back and be like, all right, they're probably going to underperform mm-hmm. because they've they've not been as strong with the tactical game. But once they really let loose, they uh, they were a lot of fun to watch. And it was cool to see Giannis, who is still like relatively young, <laughs> yeah. uh, be as dominant as he was. And it makes me think about like what this guy could be even a few years from now. And how like that would just be on a another planet from what we're seeing uh, yeah. or what we've seen in a basketball world. So it was it was a lot of fun. No, I mean a lot of people are happy that a small market won and doing it the right way. You know, we'll set mm. that aside for now. You anytime you can win a championship is the right way. But I do love Giannis. I do really like watching Drew Holiday play defense as someone who loves to play good defense and be that asshole who you can't get around and who's strong and you know what I mean? Just annoying. I love players like that. Chris Middleton, you know, his story coming from like a second round pick is like a throw in and a random trade for Brandon Jennings coming, you know, improving his game. Um, what I found interesting about it is I, I don't know, this might be completely unfair, but I feel like their team construction is a cousin to the Lakers team construction last year. <laughs> um, not exactly the same, like I said, but there are some, you know, like winning with the size and strength that is kind of unmatched in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. Um, even playing Lopez and, and Giannis together, you know, Middleton at the three, they can do a lot of things. They can, you know, Portis had a great game, a uh, pretty good series overall. Um, you know, I just, I, I, how they were beating teams with size. And even though Phoenix had better shooting and, you know, better playmaking, probably 
uh, the Bucks were able to dominate at what they're good at. And Giannis put in one of the most dominant performances we've seen since like Shaq in the early 2000s. And, and it's like a big man, someone dominating the offensive rebounds, someone dominating the blocks, you know, someone dominating all kinds of the physical aspects of the game and making his free throws in that last game. Um, so really great to see. He's such a funny dude and kind of like overall, like hundred percent approval rating, it seems like throughout the league. So, um, definitely my preferred team to win the championship of these two. And, uh, you know, we'll see how the Suns bounce back next year. I don't think they'll be in the same position. They'll probably still be good, but they still have a couple pieces. I think, you know, maybe a top end scorer and uh, some, some more size in the backcourt because they were just too small for Milwaukee. And that just seemed to wear them down over the course of the series. Yeah. Yeah. That, all great points. And thinking about Phoenix and what they'll look like next year, what happens with Chris Paul is a huge, huge piece of that. I think campaign is someone that there's a pretty good shot. He gets poached by another team. Uh, the max that the Suns can offer him is the using his early bird rights is about 10 million a year. So they can give him like a 440. Uh, any team with cap space can probably beat that. Uh, they're probably going to extend Aiton. I would ex- expect they ex- uh, extend Bridges this offseason. And then they will really have just the taxpayer MLE to upgrade with this offseason. And then, I mean, they could use the biannual exception, but that would prevent their ext- uh, extensions by hard capping them. If Payne leaves, they get no additional spending power. Uh, I guess if Chris Paul does walk, they get about $20 million in spending power and they might go after another point guard to replace him, maybe a Lowry or a Conley. Um, and then their uh, tax MLE would drop to the room MLE. But they, so they don't have a lot of spending power, but if they can keep that core together, maybe add like one backup big, because I mean like Sarge and Kaminsky weren't really doing it for them uh, or maybe a score at the wing position. I like they've got a pretty cool young core and I having to think through like how they built their team and like the money situation for them. Shout out to, I believe, what executive of the year, James Jones, uh, for, yeah, for that, that 10th pick that really helped them out this offseason. You know, he did a great <laughs> job with that. They're in a whoever put this team together did a pretty, pretty good job because um, they're in a really nice spot in terms of being able to keep most of what they have. And it's a fairly young group other than Chris Paul. So we'll see what happens with them. Other teams, I would expect, won't be as injured come playoff time next year, hopefully. Uh, so, I don't know. They might be there. They might not. I would expect the Bucks to be in a strong position. But they're also going to lose Forbes, probably. They're going to lose uh, – who else? They've got another – oh, Portis. Those are both guys that they can't really offer money. So they're going to, you know, that just attrition for those those best teams in the league just kind of happens. Uh, so we'll see if they can come back, but I don't know. Just really impressive. Yeah. Makes me proud to be a Greek American as well. <laughs> no, amen to that. Uh, I mean, all those teams like Milwaukee will now get a better quality of buyout or like ring chasing guy than mm-hmm. they would have gotten before. Cause that's just kind of how it works. When you win the championship, you get a little bit better quality, uh, especially if there's somebody in the Midwest or East coast that doesn't want to, you know, come all the way to the Western conference. Um, so you, you did mention Chris Paul a little bit there. We had some people ask for us to quickly, I, I'm saying quickly break down, you know, we've, there's been some reports about a Chris Paul to the Lakers uh, having interest, Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. Mark J. Spears reported that there was some talks, including Kuzma, 
uh, THT um, and the and the Dennis Schroeder sign and trade. So let's start there with the Chris Paul aspect. A uh, couple things, right? He has a player option for like forty something million, so he would have to sign a contract, and I would guess somewhere in the two for eighty or two, you know, three for a hundred range for that opt out to be worth it. Now the Lakers can't do that. Clearly um, they, you know, would have to trade LeBron or Anthony Davis to <coughs> open up the cap space for that to even be possible. So what are we talking about even here? Is this Chris Paul opting out of a $40 million contract to come sign for the mini MLE because it's possible. And it's how desperate is Chris Paul after this heartbreaking up to O again, loss in the playoffs. I'm not saying it's impossible. We talked about Zach Levine a couple pods ago where there's a small chance, right? But what would have to uh, make it realistic is the player clearly accepting far lower, you know, forcing their way or accepting like much, much lower than, than market terms in order to just try and win a championship for the Lakers. So uh, what does that look like? Can, you know what I mean? Would they clearly wouldn't trade him to us in like a sign and trade for Schroeder. I don't think that would happen. So is this just all smoke and, and, you know, agents kind of, you know, setting out breadcrumbs and early in this, uh, this off season. I think it's probably some smoke, but it does come down to what he wants to do. And the fact that he's one of those guys on one of those crazy, large, like super mega max deals makes it much less likely because he's, I mean, he's not turning down 20 mil. If he's opting out, he's turning down like 40 something million dollars. So he's for him to opt out and then re-sign like a longer deal, potentially with the Suns or with another team, I would still expect it to be like 30 mil a year or something like that. Maybe a, maybe a 390 uh, might make sense. But I mean, he might also think, you know, play one more year and then he might be able to get something similar to that in, in a season. But we've seen him deal with some injuries. He wasn't looking all that great in the finals. Uh, a few rounds this these playoffs, he wasn't looking quite fully there so maybe that impacts his decision making but I, I do think if it if you were to come to the Lakers it would be him taking a pretty big pay cut or him going out and saying like I want to be a Laker you know make the sign and trade happen because otherwise it it looks really tough to execute yeah and let's remember he's still the president of the Players Association so a lot of what he does is put under a microscope right you got criticize a little bit for the bubble criticize a little bit for this season, mm -hmm. you know, and the players association signing off on it. So every single thing he does is under a microscope. So if he leaves and goes to the Lakers, right. There's a precedent that he's setting. I mean, this happens already with all-star level players taking less money to join a super team, you know, heavy air quotes, yeah. Uh, so it's again, not, not impossible. It just seems like the cards are very stacked the other way. And it's, I'm glad that you pointed out his position with the players association. He's been on that leadership team of like, it was, it was vets a couple years ago that put into place these changes in the CBA that allow mm -hmm. players like him. He was one of those first few guys cashing in on this, being able to make them that super max money. So I would imagine that his interests uh, monetarily are far away from what they would need to be for him to like just come to the Lakers and ring chase. 
Because mm-hmm. this is a team, I mean, the team he was on just made the finals. So he might believe if he were healthier or they fix a couple things, they use that MLE, add another piece, maybe they're right back there. Devin Booker continues to get better. Campaign they bring back and he gets better. I can see a situation where if he does opt out and is looking at the teams that can give him a 390 deal, the Suns are absolutely the best of those options from a playoff winning standpoint. So for him to come to the Lakers, it might be opts in and then they have to do some sort of trade. I don't know if I'd have to see how the money would match, but the Lakers would have to trade a good bit uh, to, to get him and then probably only do so if he agrees to an extension or something like that. So it's, it's really tough. I don't see this one happening. Yep, uh, we had some fans wanting to ask uh, what wanting to ask us about these transactions, including the next one, which is the Russell Westbrook thing. And I know I saw you were diving into Russell Westbrook's, you know, uh, rebounding percent uh, rates on the floor and how much higher it is than most guards. And um, I will say, you know, just straight off the bat, this is reasonable and possible. Do I like it? No, but as far as the two sides coming to an agreement with Washington and the Lakers, it seems that there's at least a, you know, a reasonable facsimile of why this could happen and sign and trade with Schroeder, uh, Kuzma, THT. I would probably maybe, maybe the pick, maybe not. I'm not sure where, you know, Washington's valuing Russ, if they're just trying to get off of him for whatever they can get. That's somewhat positive. Uh, we know Russ and LeBron have a great relationship. Um, he's defended Russ a lot throughout the years uh, when the haters were coming toward him. But Tim, I just, first of all, if the Lakers weren't willing to trade THT three, four months ago for Kyle Lowry, who is, I think, a considerably better player than Russ at this stage, even though, you know, physically not as uh, gifted, why would they three, four months later include him in a deal for Russ? And we don't know that this is an exact thing. This could have been a leak from the Lakers. It could be a leak from Washington trying to get a better deal for Russ from someone else saying, Hey, we got that. They threw in their young guy and Mm -hmm. a wing and, you know, uh, like starting level point guard intruder. So what would the team look like with, with West Rec? Fuck, we would need like eight great, great shooters on this team. It, it would be rough. And I, you read the other day, I was looking through his data, refreshed some film a little bit. And like, he's been impactful. He's been a positive offensive player. He was a very positive defensive player this year. He still has a bit of that athleticism. There are things he's like legitimately good at. He's a, he's a really good passer. Play makes high quality, high volume, high efficiency, high versatility, like across the board. He's good at the things he's good at. However, he's no longer the same player he used to be in terms of like creating his own shot. And year after year, I, I saw like his, his isolation impact. It was like top two, top three in the league. And then it was like a B plus for a couple of years. And then his efficiency has dropped, but his volume has stayed just as high as if he is one of those top ISO options. Like he isolates as much as any guard in the league other than LeBron James and is doing so while being very inefficient at it. And any jump shot he's taking is probably not a jump shot you feel comfortable with. And 
that's created a very negative, like he's losing you points per game because he isolates so much. And he's just on ball. I worry about that. I worry about the fact that you can go under his ball screens often and he's not an effective pick and roll ball handler uh, anymore. And he's, I mean, his data is very, very low compared to other players. Um, So the on ball piece of it, I don't see how he helps unlock LeBron or unlock AD or has good synergy with them when the ball's in his hands. And then when the ball isn't in his hands, he has no off-ball shooting gravity. Uh, he's had like three-point shot-making ratings in like the F range for almost every season in the NBA of his career. It's 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 just not someone that off-ball you have to pay much attention to. So while I think he can help a team, and while I think he's very good at some of the things he does, like he literally had like the second most defensive rebounds per game this year, which a lot of them were like uncontested cheap ones, but that's still bonkers to me. Um, his impact on his team's defensive rebounding wasn't positive this year. So maybe him chasing those wasn't actually super helpful, but he's good at what he's good at. He's not good at what he's not good at. And his tendencies aren't skewing in the right direction where he's, I don't know. He's, he's like an angrier, less aware TJ McConnell in terms of like, can't shoot good at getting to and finishing the rim, good playmaking, not really as much there with the one-on-one play, but Russ, is, is still playing as if he's that peak guy that won the MVP years ago. And that worries me. Yeah. I mean, again, it takes such a specific kind of team composition to really lift up those strengths of Russell Westbrook while mitigating some of the weaknesses. And honestly, frankly, it, it, it comes down to a straight defensive scheme for me. How is he going to master a defensive scheme where he's supposed to do all these things off ball. He floats around out there off ball. Like, like he and Damian mm-hmm. Lillard look like some of the worst defensive point guards on it, in the NBA at times, because they just get lost. They, I don't know if it's, you know, taking a break or conserving your energy. I don't know if it's just not kind of thinking that it matters. I have no idea why, but they both have this tendency to float around out there And do I think, you know, that will be something they come to Russ and say, hey, you need to be, you know, on your toes on on off ball. Yeah, I think that could happen, but it's just how does he fit in on defense? Every player at this point, we need to have a role. What role would he be on defense? The point of attack defender? I don't love that. That's what he did this year, and his defensive impact jumped from the past two seasons. Not not as hot. He was a helper. He was that just off ball wandering around. Mm-hmm. This year, he went back to the point of attack, and his his defensive impact was strong. So, I think there's something there. I do think that his tendency to chase those rebounds isn't really going to fly. That like you're not you. He can't come to this team expecting to grab ten defensive rebounds a game. Like that is not your job. His job would be a, a little bit different, um, and having to tweak someone's tendencies on both ends of the, both ends of the court, not just one, and then having their skill set be such a poor fit, can, and then taking into account what you'd be giving up to go after him. I I am not a big fan. I like some of the trades we've talked about previously more than this. I would like going after Lowry more than this. I would like going after Price Spencer Dinwiddie maybe even more than this. Uh, I would, you know, see if that same package can can get you Bradley Beal if Bradley Beal's on the way out because that would be a a much better fit. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not loving it. 
Yeah, I mean, it again, it, it comes back to we're going to so we're bouncing around this podcast. It's kind of a news catch up. But later we're going to talk about some of the free agent wings continuing that, you know, free agent preview that we've done uh, the last couple of weeks. And then coming up on Monday, we're going to have Mike Garcia, a.k.a. Canyon Driver, uh, to come on and talk about the draft, which is, you know, upcoming. So setting that aside, this is the window, Tim, where we might see some stuff happen. Right. And you really going to trade away Kyle Kuzma and listen, I know I've, we've talked about the ups and downs. I think we're both a little bit higher on Kyle Kuzma than the overall Twitter, uh, you know, uh, Lakers fan, but I think you will come to appreciate Kyle Kuzma a little bit more after some of the names that we'll bring up here as reasonable options for the Lakers at the wing position. But before I get there, Tim, we just recently, and I don't know how much this is true, but I believe I'd actually buy this one between the Schroeder and Kyle Kuzma, you know, rift that had been forming throughout the season that seemed to get wider uh, in that first round playoff loss to the Suns. Uh, I don't, I don't know. We obviously, you don't know what's about, you know, why they're arguing, but there have already been a couple of things with Schroeder we've talked about that have rubbed us the wrong way. I'm talking to the German newspaper saying he's going to start um, just, you know, the, the vaccination stuff when he was out in, in health and safety protocols, this, the level of seriousness that we see from him. And um, I, I don't know, I guess this is another, it, it's not one giant red flag, but there's all kinds of tiny you know, rose colored flags. Is it red? Is it whitish? I can't tell depending on the right light. Right. So what are your thoughts on the new report about the the rift between those two guys? I'm not surprised if, if you would have said Schroeder was beefing with really any, anybody, I guess at this point. Yeah. It, like Trez, if I were to like pick yeah. the most likely names, it would be like Trez, Kuzma and Schroeder, some combination of those guys or Keith. And yeah. Keith. Going at it. I can I can easily yeah. like be like yeah. oh yeah that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's not like Wesley Matthews is pissed yeah, off at someone. Yeah, and right? like if you like, fight with Marcus Saul, you can't fight with Marcus Saul. The Gasol brothers are such nice guys. No. Um. So yeah. So I yeah. I don't know. I don't think both of them will be on the team next year. I think the team. I think the more likely one to return is Schroeder. Uh. And I was pleased with a lot of what we saw from Kuzma this past year, but didn't have it in the playoffs and he's one of the better trade pieces that the Lakers do have yeah. to move. So just because of that, I think it's fairly likely he's, he's gone next year. And if not, they, they've got to get over it. They have to be able to work and, you know, have that team culture. I think the culture thing is something that from the championship team to last year, we took a big hit. Yeah. And some of the moves yeah. that were made contributed to that. And I mean, not necessarily bad moves because of that alone, but Trez and Schroeder coming in and seeming to have role misalignment with what, you know, their expectations versus the team's expectations was disappointing. And it, it seemed Mm -hmm. to damage the fabric of that team. So. I think I might, I think I might zig on on your zag there where for better or worse, I think I'd rather have Kyle Kuzma. And I think part of it comes from the names that we'll get Mm -hmm. to, which are not pretty. The re obviously, there is a scenario where Kuzma does have more trade value. Therefore, if you get 
a better player because Kuzma is more tradable and you keep Schroeder, that's like the best outcome. I I don't disagree with that. But (coughs) Kyle Kuzma has, you know, for, for better in a lot of ways, changed his game completely to make an impact Mm -hmm. on a nightly basis, whether his shots falling or not. And I haven't seen that as consistently from Schroeder. Yes. He can be a pest at the point of attack and he can, you know, do some playmaking, but if his shots not falling, he's really, really struggling out there uh, at least this last season. So hopefully that gets better, but the replaceability of a Schroeder versus Kuzma it's tough, man. Um, you know, say what you will about Kyle Kuzma's drop off and scoring, but what he provides on defense and rebounding is not easy to replace when those things are your flagship skill set as a team, defense and rebounding. You know what I mean? You might become better in other areas overall, but worse at the top end of your talent. So I, I we'll get to the wing names there. I guess with this new report, you know, we talked a little about Drummond, about Trez. Really quick, do you think Trez picks up his option? I now do, after looking at the market. I think he's worth more. Yeah. He is worth more than that nine mil. I don't think the market will be there this time. And it, it, he's really right on the fence. It's going to come down to like him or another guy or two that would be able to get the, the last full MLE among teams that need centers. But it's close enough that he might be better off opting in and then hoping to cash in on a, a better deal next off season. So all with that said, and, and, or, you know, mm-hmm. he opts in and we trade him at the trade deadline to a team who would want to extend him. Um, so the thing with me is that over the last few days, weeks, you know, I wasn't so much on the, this team's getting blown up and I, now I'm kind of leaning toward that. I have no idea what, this team's going to look like next year outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I would put Caruso in that. I think that he's a big priority, obviously THT, but after that, man, and THT is still on the fence, you know, it, it could be traded for the right package, but with the talks of a Westbrook, with the talks of a Paul forever, how low those chances are, you put all those low chances together and you saw Lowry and De- DeMar, you know, reports they wanted to get back together. And like, what is this team going to look like? We can practical application the hell out of this, how we're doing it. And something wild is going to happen that we just couldn't see on the board because this team wants to blow it up at a level that maybe we yeah, want. And if we do see Trez opt in, them keep Schroeder and like not trade THT, we might see more turnover among some of like the minimum guys. Like we might see like a Keith or a Wes be, you know, let go in order for the team to just bring in something new in a way that like if some of those other pieces were moving, I think they'd be comfortable bringing back. You know, we know what these guys bring. We know we're not going to be paying them all that much money, but the it, like at that deal, it's mm-hmm. you know there's some value there. So maybe if there isn't that turnover among the higher paid or higher caliber players, we see a little bit more churn at the lower end. Uh, but yeah, it's I am in a different place than I was a couple of weeks ago in thinking that Trez is probably opting into his deal, and that is another trade piece. That's a trade piece. When I was talking to people, mm-hmm. we were mostly assuming wouldn't be there, and. 
we know he wants to have a larger role. So there there might be opportunities to trade him, have him be happier, get the Lakers something back in return that's good for them, and everybody wins. So that's still on the table. I think it opens a new door. It's it's good for the Lakers. No matter what, we want Trez to opt in because if he walks, you're not gaining any extra money and you're losing a trade piece. So it's it's better. It's good. We just might see a lot of the same team next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I have no idea. Like, again, I can see all these things practically happening, but then if I wake up and we've packaged something crazy for a Zach Levine, a Chris Paul, a Russell Westbrook, I'm not, I'm going to be less shocked. I think than I would have been a month ago. Uh, and you know, I talked about how brutal this off season looks. If this team is trying to keep if they're trying to run it back and build around the margins with what they have, it's going to mm-hmm. be really tough. So with that all said, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and get into some of those wing options. Uh, I'm sorry. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay. And we're back, Tim, looking at some of these names that you have brought up first, I guess let's get into the process for which, you know, wings are very valuable right now, all kinds, you know, even with all their flaws, you know, they can be overlooked because it's a rare position. 
So how did you come up, get to this list of names and, and maybe who isn't included and, and, you know, what's the context? Uh, This isn't, these aren't the types of names you're going to see much engagement with on Twitter. If you're, you know, NBA central or or someone like, you know, Caleb Martin, (laughs) there are no Damian Jones. uh, These aren't very good names. And the reason we're there is because, there aren't a ton of available options and there are a lot of teams that will need wings. So from doing that team for a day exercise that we did in the discord, we identified for all 30 teams, which teams have holes in their roster at the wing positions that they need to fill. And then who has what spending money to do so. And from that teams with cap space that will be looking for wings are likely to be the Spurs the Thunder for two positions between their three, four, and five. So maybe only one of the two is used here. Uh, Chicago, New York, Orlando, Detroit, and then the Spurs will also need probably two players between their two, three, four options. Their positions. Uh, And so like the Spurs, we're expecting them to renounce some of their older players that were worth a bunch of money. So they become a cap space team. You know, if if you just go look them up right now, you might not see them as a cap space team. But having worked through each of those teams' individual situations, talking to insiders uh, that have insight into what those teams might do, that's where we land. So there are, what did I say, nine different wing positions that will likely be filled with cap space, eight or nine. And then we have six teams that will likely be using their full mid-level exception or a portion of their full mid-level exception on the wing position. And those teams are, uh, so Dallas is actually an interesting one because if they renounce Tim Hardaway Jr. and they're like chasing Kawhi, their situation may change a bit. But if they retain Tim Hardaway Jr., they're a full MLE team that needs a wing. Uh, Houston, Atlanta, Denver, Sacramento, and the Pelicans. So that's the marketplace We have nine cap space positions, six full MLE wings. So that's 15 players off the board in addition to players that are good wings that are on teams that, you know, can just offer them the most money or will want to bring them back. Um, So like Duncan Robinson. That's true. And the players in the draft. Yeah, that's another great point. In terms of the guys that I'm not expecting to be available would be someone like Duncan Robinson. Like Miami's going to pay to keep him. He's a restricted free agent. He'll be back. Uh, Someone like Nick Batum, he'll be changing teams because the Clippers can only really pay him a couple million dollars a year. Um, Who else? PJ Tucker is someone that like they kind of need to keep him just because the, the Bucks don't really have moves or money to spend. So they'll probably have to keep him around. Um, Kelly Oubre Jr., the, I, would, I would imagine the Warriors either pay him, you know, whatever it takes to keep him or they sign and trade him away. Um, so there's some guys here that, like, the Lakers with their mini MLE just won't be able to go after. And then once you remove some of those names and you just cross off the remaining options that are going to get cap space offers or full MLE offers, like, we're not getting Otto Porter, Porter Jr. You're not going to get DeMar DeRozan. You're not getting Norm Powell. Josh Hart's not going to be available. Evan Fournier, uh, Doug McDermott, Larry Markinen, Rudy Gay, Reggie Bullock, uh, Ken Bazemore, Trevor Ariza. These are I mean, all, there are like 16 yeah. teams that need to take these guys. I mean, may, again, but, uh, and this, we've talked about this the last couple of episodes. They're not the Lakers. <sighs> and that's why everyone hates us because DeMar DeRozan might come here for $5 million. And it's not a... There's a maybe. non-zero chance where he's not going to go to yeah, Sacramento maybe. for that. He, though, putting out that survey where people were rating, you know, who's most valuable, he ended up being the fourth most valuable wing 
according to that market of, of you know, the, the wisdom of the crowd. And his on-court value this year using his LeBron wins added was $18 million. Like, he has holes in his game, but he was still, like, kicking ass. This isn't, like, a washed guy that is on his way out of the league that just needs to go grab a title in his last year or two. He's still a good basketball player. He's a really bad fit with what the Lakers do positionally and skill set-wise. But I would be surprised if he takes like a really cheap deal um, on purpose. Maybe OP Otto Porter Jr. You can make the case for because he just had a huge deal. He got bought out. Maybe he wants to prove it one year thing, but I don't think he needs to. The thing is the market is there's enough demand and there's little enough supply that Otto Porter Jr. Should go get a pretty good deal from somebody without having to go do a one year prove it deal. So, so, so what about, <laughs> Who are the clutch client wings? That is not in my spreadsheet. Uh, and but that should be, shouldn't it? Is the human element to this, I guess, is what I'm saying. And sometimes the deals that mm-hmm. get signed don't make sense on the high end and on the low end, right? But you can't quantify <laughs> this, so fuck it, you, you'd like so, so the you scenario out. then would be like, I don't know. Well, let's assume we'll just say Reggie Bullock, we'll say Reggie Bullock. Is a clutch client. I don't think he is. Let's say he is. We're saying he's going to turn down around $10 million a year, probably for three or four years on a full MLE, to instead take like a two, three-year, four-and-a-half, five-million dollar deal from the Lakers. That is millions of dollars. I, I think that's the wrong example. I think that's the wrong example because okay. Bullock had a solid year. It's somebody like Trez who had an okay to like down year. And it's not a prove it. It's a... We made big changes. Like if the Lakers did mm-hmm. trade for Russell Westbrook and they're like, now we, and, and we don't have Kuzma. We don't have a backup wing. We absolutely need someone. You'll get time in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It'll be a one-year deal, but you will be the starting, you know, two guard for the Lakers with a okay. lot of opportunity there. Let so, me read through names. Yeah, that's to Let me, me read through names. you know what I mean? If you hear one that matches yeah. that criteria, tell me to stop. Norm Powell. Okay. DeMar DeRozan, Otto Porter Jr., Nick Batum, Danny Green, who's going to get at least 15 mil a year from Philly. They need to keep him. Will Barton, Josh Hart, Evan Fournier, Kelly Oubre, who's probably going to get signed and traded or kept, so not him. Uh, McDermott is uh, Indiana's top priority, so they'll bring him back. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, Rudy Gay, Reggie Bullock, uh, Justice Winslow, Kent Bazemore, Trevor Ariza, Mohart, and then Mo I could Harkless. see there there are two two or three names there that I think we talked about one of them. I can see Demar. I can believe it based on the LA ties, based on him probably really wanting to win and being part of a, a winning championship level team right now. He's not going to get that for fifteen or whatever ten, even ten, maybe the MLE right on a, a good team right now. And the other one is Rudy Gay. I don't think Rudy would fit great on the Lakers based on his skills, but he's, he shot better. I think recently so Denver, Atlanta um, and Dallas, I think are the teams with the full MLE that might be able to grab some of those guys that are, I'd say winning situations. That would be from a winning standpoint. Cause there's the money part of it. There's the, am I living close to home part of it? Sure. There's, you know, when my kids go to school part of it, there's the, the winning culture winning title part of it and i think those would be the biggest obstacles for the lakers because they have more money and 
are in similar situations or Brooklyn will have their mini MLE, the Clippers, Milwaukee and Boston and, and Philly are all teams that at the same level of money as the Lakers are also potentially in competing type spots, maybe a little less so with Boston, but you just talked about it earlier. Milwaukee's one of those teams less. now. Maybe you get less. that buyout big man that is is gonna you know go to sure. title chase. Maybe you get uh, someone take a little bit less to go title chase at the mini MLE. So the Lakers aren't the only but team. Again, Demar's okay. not from Philly. Demar's not from Philly. Demar is unlike some of the mm-hmm. lot of the other guys you made. Like has yeah made a hundred million dollars in his career. He's a much Already, better fit with the Clippers than right? the Lakers. I'll say that. It's no, I'm not going to argue that. Okay. It's just, again, to the there's, and I don't think Damar is a clutch client, but you know, the clutch client on the lower end of these guys, like if, if, if Otto Porter was a clutch client, I think it would be hoove him to get the role, the exposure and the opportunity on the Lakers as a clutch client. And I think the market's too strong. In a normal, in a like, but yes, but if he wants to go play for a championship, okay, you know what I mean. It needs to like, be a confluence. He'd rather factors. be in Denver. Yeah, exactly. It always, mm-hmm. it always is, and and you know we can't know how these guys weigh those things. But I, like with Demar, there's a non-zero chance to me. He takes less outside of a, a, a market deal that makes sense. You know, there again, there's just different factors with guys and and the LA draw. I think. Um, Rudy Gay being in the league for a long time, kind of floating around good teams, but hasn't really been on one yet. Yeah, I'm not saying I want him. I'm saying it's the type of player the Lakers have gravitated toward yeah. in the past. So I just pulled up the clutch lists. Zero. Yeah, zero, zero of the guys that we talked about are clutch clients. Okay. But one we will well, talk about. <laughs> or no, wait, Trey Lyles, he's not really a, is he a win? He's not, he's a big man. He's a, yeah. yeah. Never mind. He's a clutch client. Uh, yeah, so I don't so think... So you want to go through more of these names? Because we never actually listed them, I realize. Yeah, that. so here are... <laughs> once we kind of reach the cutoff, here are the names that might be within the Lakers' price range. Mo Harkless. So Svi is a restricted free agent for OKC. They have a ton of picks, and they have a weird situation. So they might be in a, a place where they keep him because they liked him. They do like him. They might let him go just because they've got so much stuff in common. I don't know what his situation mm-hmm. is, but he would be someone around that range. Cody and Caleb Martin. Keelan Martin, who you could tell me he's the third Martin twin, and I believe you. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, Hamadou Diallo. Made him up. Uh, James Johnson. TLC. Uh, George Niang. Timothy Luwalu Cabarro. Yes, George Niang. Uh, Jalen McDaniels, not, not the other one. Uh, there are two McDaniels. I believe they're brothers. Yeah. One of them is in Minnesota, and he's he's a really promising young big. Pretty good. This is yeah. this is his brother. Uh, then we have James Ennis the uh, third, Alfonso McKinney. Oh hey, there's a name. Uh, mm. And then like Shemi Ojale, Trey Lyles is kind of like he can play like four. Um, so good. Like I I just rather keep Kyle Kuzma. I would rather keep Kyle. So if you do trade Kyle Kuzma. For so some of the trades we talked about, if we do Kuzma and twenty two for Ingles, you've got your wing. Like you're you're kind of treading water from right. That's the, just an upgrade yeah, at position. Yeah, yeah. So like I'd be good with that. But if you trade Kuzma in a deal to go grab, I don't I don't know a, a guard or Buddy Heald potentially, yeah. then you probably need to add another wing. And this isn't a very exciting list of names. 
There's like three guys on here I wouldn't hate. Which is the good Martin twin? <laughs> I think it's Caleb. Uh, well, I don't know. I'll tell you, neither of them hit their threes all that well this past year. Let's let's take a yeah, look at the Martins. Great. So there's, I mean, one of there's one of the Martins who's like objectively better than the other. Um, TLC, I think would be a fine ninth man. You know, I don't think someone you could really rely on in the playoffs, but he's he's a body. And then um, who's the other one? I guess George Niang. George Niang he does can shoot the ball well. Shoot, he ha- he doesn't have a history yeah. of shooting the ball well, but this past year he shot the ball well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that was a great three point system though, too, right? Like just how they got so many open shots. He probably benefited from that shot quality, but he could as well yeah. around yeah. Anthony Davis and LeBron. But those are the only other guys that give me any kind of like I would play him so the better motion was cody martin high versatility on defense high matchup Got it. difficulty impact not very good spot up efficiency was an f uh not a good shooter his playmaking is kind of like b b plus b minus all around doesn't get to the rim well doesn't finish at the rim well i see i don't i don't i'm not a, i don't like that that's not a good fit yeah, I'll pass. I think on James all these guys. is like no, maybe thank an you. intriguing option. Let me pull his profile up. Mm. These are like these are not good options, man. So James okay. Ennis, stationary shooter on offense. He's versatile. So He'll take on tough matchups. He's like a good three point shooter. He shot forty three percent this year. A minus shot making. Uh, not really someone that gets to or finishes at the rim. Not a playmaker. But he rebounds well. He has an A minus defensive impact and an A spot up efficiency. So there's someone that I think could make some sense. He had a bronze catch and shoot and bronze corner specialist badge this year. So yeah. Okay. He's 30. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's it gets tough really quick, I think. And if you have a trade that uses Kyle Kuzma to upgrade at a position that it isn't wing then you need to have an, a contingency mm-hmm. of value plan, like a DeMar. Like, you know, DeMar is coming for less money. Like, you know, yeah. you know, a Rudy Gay is coming for less money. There needs to be some kind of contingency instead of you stabbing at three of these guys and, you know, or even the draft pick you keep, you know. Um, but if Kuzma is getting traded, there's a good chance that pick is getting traded. I'm still pretty solidly in the keep the pick camp. We'll have to see what Mike says. At least says. for right now. G- give, um, me a, give me a week. A week from now. Well, a week from now, the draft will yeah. be over. Uh, <laughs> once, I, once we talk to Mike, I think I'll have a better feel because <laughs> I have done zero research on the, the prospects. Same. Yeah. So we'll, I'm going to do that some of that this weekend as well, but I don't really have a ton more to say about these wings. I don't know what, what, how do you feel about just how the Lakers should approach this position and you know, how we can we upgrade without spending all of our resources there? So if we're looking at the minimum options, it gets even worse. So I, I just, I don't think there are good available Min, min caliber wings just given who needs a wing and, and which ones are out there it's it's going to be a tough situation like i think ennis that could fly niang might make some sense if you can take Svi from somebody go for it 
but yeah. there just aren't a lot of good just kind of like, hey, this guy can be on the fringe of the roster or deeper in the rotation. Just throw him in there. He'll play some defense and hit threes. I'm not really seeing that as much in the available options unless you're able to get someone to take less money. And if so, like if you can get Rudy Gay, like that'd be great. Go get Rudy Gay. If you can get DeMar DeRozan, he would have to take way, way less money because it's not just that L.A. has like the full MLE. And we had the full MLE last year and we didn't really get someone to take like a huge discount. So it's players we're don't always take the that. deal with the most money. That's true. But but it's not that it's like a like there's a big difference between what the Lakers can offer and what these guys can get. It's like at least 50 percent less. No, and that's and of that's. Course- most of the time, the players will take the more money, mm-hmm. but in the few, in the random cases that they don't, a lot of times it's in the Lakers favor. Right. Um, and you can't predict that is what I'm saying, but the Lakers always pulled these weird fucking move Montrez last year for the MLE, you know, like I didn't love it. It didn't work great, but considering what else was out there, it's fine. You know, Should've they tried the tomb. I mean, that's, that would have been too much money for him at that time like he got signed for the minimum and that was a huge value i don't know it, it, yeah but there's there's eight million dollars between those two numbers mm-hmm. you can split up your full emily no i know that's kind of what i'm saying it's yeah. like yeah it's yeah this year is tough i i it's tough. i'm more interested in keeping kuzman after reading this list yeah but I still think that Ingles trade is what what I'm personally rooting for is the Ingles trade. Yeah, I know it's I not mean, the best thing in the world. It's not gonna, you know, it's not what these accounts. If you're if you're coming up with fake tweets to of like the lurkers of interest in this guy, that's not one of the ones you're gonna come up with. But it would be one that helps the team. But I think so, Rudy I mean, Gay, DeRozan, Otto Porter, you at least give them a call. I I think what we know for sure is if the Lakers do get one of these guys, it's because that player took a huge huge pickup. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, the thing with Lakers in Utah, right? They, there's no love lost between those franchises. I don't think they've ever liked each other. Have they ever dealt with each other, really? Not you know, enough. it's, I mean, it's not ruling it out because I think at the same time, Utah is in a particular, like, like inflection point for their team mm-hmm. where they might, like, I don't think they're obviously going to trade Rudy or Donovan, but you trade those other pieces that fit around it to see if you can inject some new life into your, your big two, your, your main guys. Um, and, and obviously keeping Conley, whether or not that goes, you know, their way. So, I mean, I, I like that trade, you know, and we talked through it, why the, the pick would actually be worth it in that situation. But like practically it's like, you know, it's more likely to be like Cleveland or like, you know, the teams that Lakers have already dealt with in the past, you know, 10 years. Yeah. That makes sense. But who knows, man, this was just a saying, like I'm more ready for the unexpected now than I was based on like reading. If the chalk Lakers off season plays out, like we just resign all our guys, we give Deandre Drummond, the mini MLE. It's just like, no, that doesn't smell right to me. That doesn't smell like, the, you know, they they are confident in that. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. So expect the unexpected, man. That's all I got on these wings. It's just Kuzma, as much as DL fans might be disappointed in his play, he's valuable. He's valuable and on a, and on a good deal. So 
Let's let's just calm down. <laughs> yeah, it will, and and that is important for the Lakers too, because any other team that is looking for a wing is looking at the same landscape. Any team in the Lakers' position, right. from a money standpoint or worse, and that's a lot of teams, they're not looking at great options. So yeah. his value now in a trade may be higher than it would have been in another year because the alternative is, is, are the Martin twins. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of these other options. So it's. You know, use that to your advantage if you can. But then at the same time, if you trade out of the position, then you're in in trouble. So, yeah, sticky situation. A little sneak peek when we get to the bigs. It's looking like Andre Drummond's market right might be around that mini MLE. Uh, So I'm interested. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, We've got Mike coming up. We'll talk draft in a couple days. I'm excited to see what happens there. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever not looked at the draft at all the way I have this year. So I'm just mm-hmm. fully ready to like completely learn new things. So I hope everyone else is as well. Mike has a big long list of guys and we'll see how many we can get through uh, without going over, you know, a crazy amount of time next week. But that is on the way. And yeah. I don't know. And it, and it might be like out of date as soon as it's posted because, you know, same type of thing last year, like Lakers traded their pick. Yeah. With Danny Green to get Dennis Schroeder. And then the draft happens. And now the draft is happening. Like we have another truncated offseason. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where we're in late July now. And we're we're doing draft already. You know what I mean? Like a week after the finals. So, you know, just be on the lookout, like your fans. Set your notifications for Woj and Shams. You know, probably throw in uh what's his name? Hayes, Chris Hayes. Just gets a lot of Lakers scoops. Um, but expect the unexpected because they have to either make that pick the Lakers. And if they make it for themselves, that value tanks, or they make it for someone else for uh, trade purposes. And that's going to happen soon. So be on the lookout. We'll be here ready to go. Um, if, if something crazy happens, but if not, we'll just go on with Mike, talk about some of the guys around the Lakers position and, you know, hit us up for that discord link, um, DM us a picture or screenshot of your five-star review, Apple or wherever you listen, we'll send you that link. Yeah. We'll get ready for the draft, Tim. Let's do it. All right. Late round picks, baby. All right. Talk to you guys later. So excited. (laughs) I'm keeping all that in. That was perfect. Uh. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.